Hello, my good friends, and welcome back to another episode of The Informed Catholic. My name is Ned Jabbar. This is going to be episode 183. 183. Now we are in the second week of Advent, and the readings are going to be for Tuesday of the second week of Advent. So if you like what I do, please subscribe and share to my podcast. All right. Thank you. And uh, let's begin Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy, Christ have mercy, Christ have mercy, Christ have mercy, Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy. All right, and the entrance antiphon from Zechariah chapter 14, verse 5 and 7. Behold, the Lord will come and all his holy ones with him, and on that day there will be a great light. Behold, the Lord will come, and all his holy ones with him, and on that day there will be a great light. Behold, the Lord will come, and on his holy and, and all his holy ones with him, and on that day there will be a great light. Behold, the Lord will come, and all his holy ones with him, and on that day there will be a great light. Zechariah chapter fourteen verse five and seven. O God, who have shown forth your salvation to all the ends of the earth, grant, we pray, that we may look forward in joy to the glorious nativity of Christ, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Okay, so now we are in the... um, second week of Advent. So let's begin. The first reading is going to be from Isaiah chapter 40, verse 1 to 11. Okay, Isaiah chapter 40, verse 1 to 11. God consoles his people. A reading from the book of the prophet Isaiah. Comfort, give comfort to my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and proclaim to her that her service is at an end, her guilt is is expiated. <clears throat> Indeed, she has received from the hand of the Lord double for all her sins. A voice cries out in the desert, Prepare the way of the Lord, make straight in the wasteland a highway for our God. Every valley shall be filled in, every mountain and hill shall be made low, the rugged land shall be made a, pla- a plain, the rough country a broad valley. Then the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all people shall see to it, shall see it together. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. A voice says, "Cry out!" I answer, "What shall I cry out?" All flesh is grass, and all their glory like the flower of the field. The grass withers, the flower wilts, when the breath of the Lord blows upon it. So then the people is the grass. Though the grass withers and the flower wilts, the word of our God stands forever. Go up into the high, into a, unto a high mountain. Zion, her, herald of glad tidings. Cry out at the top of your voice, Jerusalem, herald of good news. Fear not to cry out and say to the city of Judah, here is your God. Here here comes with power the Lord God, who rules by his strong arm. 
Here is his reward with him, his recompense before him. Like a shepherd, he feeds his flock. In his arms, he gathers the lambs, carrying them in his bosom and leading the ooze with care. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. This is a very popular um, passage because it's uh, it's also read for um, Lent. Uh, basically, it does speak of John the Baptist, but also it has another important thing to it. It is, again, talking about the return from Babylon. Um, because of their um, their transgressions, the people of Israel, the, the sins they committed, uh, the spiritual idolatry they committed, uh, the Baal worship, the, um, the heinous crime they committed by sacrificing their children to this de- uh, demonic uh, false uh, idol. Uh, under Jezebel and, uh, you know, the influences of uh, the outside. In many ways, um, it's, it's almost like a type figure of what's going on in our day, what's happening to us, because with, with abortion and sexual immorality, the, there, has to be a, there has to be a price that has to be paid. And in many ways, we're paying them by the social unrest, the political unrest, uh, racial and ethnic unrest. Um, po- you know, uh, there's a lot of political uprisings and a lot of decay in many cities. And you have to think about it. If you're going to go down that road, you have to uh, reap what you have sowed, what you have planted. The immorality and the, the, the sexual immorality and the social immorality and political immorality, it, um, there's a price for it. There has to be a price. And we're, you know, we're seeing that. We're seeing that in our society, in our culture, not just in America, but around the world. And so, um, like it says here, you can pick it up here. All right, this part. Comfort, give comfort to my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and proclaim to her that her services is at an end. Her guilt is expiated. Indeed, she has received from the hand of the Lord double for all her sins. All right, these things were committed in the city of God, in the holy city, in the days of Elijah and Jeremiah. And all the other prophets, they all witnessed their people committing these horrible acts. Okay. A voice cries out in the desert, prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the wastelands a highway for our God. Every valley shall be filled in. Every mountain hill shall be made low. The rugged land shall be made plain. The rough country, a broad valley. Then the glory of the Lord shall be revealed and all the people shall see it together. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken, a voice says, a voice says, cry out. And I answered, what shall I cry out? Well, the thing is, the rugged ways, the highways, the mountains, the hills made smooth, made straight, is speaking of our own vanity, our own crooked, fallen nature. 
that is very resistant to God. The rough way made smooth. It's talking about us. Yes, it's talking about historically ancient Israel. But you can look at a text first, look at it historically. Then you got to apply it spiritually. You got to apply it to what's happening in our lives now, in our times now. And that's exactly what's happening here. Um, all, all their glory, all, all flesh is grass. And, and all their glory is like the flower of the field. The grass withers, the flower wilts. When the breath of the Lord blows upon it, so then the people is grass. Though the grass withers and the flower wilts, the word of our God stands forever. Okay, this is talking about um, our own resistance and our own denial of our mortality and our feebleness and our finite, our, our very weak nature, our, our corrupted nature. When we resist God, we bring unrest in our lives. You see that what's happening. You see all these young people, they're unhappy. The other day I was looking at a video and a young woman called having a fetus in her body, in her womb, as a virus. I mean, who thinks this way? Unless someone who's extremely unhappy and miserable, who knows what she was going through? Go up into the high mountain, Zion, herald of glad tidings. Cry out at the top of your voice, Jerusalem, herald of the good news. Fear not to cry out and say to the city of Judah, here is your God. Here comes with power the Lord God, who rules by his strong arm. Here is the reward with him, his recompense before him. Like a shepherd, he feeds his flock. In his arms, he gathers the lambs, carrying them in his bosom and leading the ooze with care. This is basically, again, about Christ. Jerusalem is really... It's supposed to be the ideal city. It's supposed to be a holy city, but it is still an earthly city, an ancient city, a beautiful city, a holy city. Yes, but not, it's definitely not perfect. And like every city on earth, um, in many ways it's supposed to be, and it has in the, in it, Jerusalem has the, saints and sinners in every city on earth in every country and nation there are saints and sinners and jesus himself says calls his, his followers you are a city on a hill a light that's what we're supposed to be in many ways his followers are the true city of god the true city of christ his jesus followers we're supposed to be but we're not going to be, nothing's going to be perfect till we get to heaven. Nothing's going to be perfect till Christ returns and makes all things new again. But yet at the same time, we still have to strive. We have to be a light to other people. We have to be, we have to be hope to other people. We have to bring hope to other people. And the light we bring is not our light, but Christ's light. All right, let's move on to the psalm psalm 96 all right psalm 96 and the response is the lord our god comes with power the lord our god comes with power 
Sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord, all you all you lands. Sing to the Lord, bless his name. Announces salvation day after day. The Lord our God comes with power. Tell his glory among the nations, among all the people his wondrous deeds. Say among the nations, the Lord is king. He governs the people with equity. The Lord our God comes with power. Let the heavens be glad and the earth rejoice. Let the sea and what fills it resound. Let the plains be joyful and all that is in them. Then let all the trees of the forest rejoice. The Lord God, the Lord our God comes with power. They shall exult before the Lord, for he comes, for he comes to rule the earth. He shall rule the, the world with justice and the people with constancy. The Lord our God comes with power. I'm not going to go through all of it because I think it's pretty clear. It's about, obviously, you know, giving praise and blessing God and giving him praise for the salvation he's given us. It's all, it's all there. But I heard something the other day in an audible book I was listening to about people always complaining how, you know, we always complain we don't have time for prayer. Well, it's very simple, I would say. This was a good example. If you have to take heart medication that will keep you alive and you have to follow the instructions and take it when when you're supposed to take, as the doctor says, because if you don't take it, you'll die. Well, you're going to do it. Yet, it's too difficult to make the time for prayer. Yet, you're going to follow the instructions. And you know, you know, because let's say you had a, a heart attack, right? You survived a stroke or something. But you got to take that medication and you're going to follow it. You're going to be, you know, you're going to follow the instructions. You're going to do what, it, what the doctor tells you. Take it when you're supposed to take it. Yet, we don't, we, it's too difficult for, for us to make time for prayer. You see the hypocrisy of it? I, I honestly believe, and I'll tell you this, it is... When you start praying and you start enjoying to pray and you like to pray, you change and you, you hunger to be alone with God. It will become part of us. You are going to have setbacks. It's not saying that we're not going to have setbacks. We're going to have setbacks. We're going to struggle with sin. We're going to struggle with temptation. Make the time for prayer. Even if it's 15 minutes or seven minutes, just make some time. Because you've got to keep that fire burning. you got to keep that furnace, that holy furnace burning. Make the time for prayer. All right, let's move on to the gospel. Okay. Alleluia, alleluia. The day of the Lord is near. Behold, he comes to save us. Alleluia, alleluia. The day of the Lord is near. Behold, he comes to save us. Alleluia, alleluia. God does not will that the little ones be lost. Uh, a reading from the Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, chapter 18, 12 to 14. Jesus said to his disciples, What is your opinion? If a man has a hundred sheep and one of them goes astray, 
will he not leave the ninety-nine in the hills and go in search of the stray? And if he finds it, amen, I say to you, he rejoices more over it than over the ninety-nine that did not stray. In just the same way, it is not the will of your heavenly Father that one of these little ones be lost. One more time. Jesus said to his disciples, What is your opinion? If a man has a hundred sheep and one of them goes astray, will he not leave the ninety-nine in the hills and go in search of the stray? And if he finds it, amen, I say to you, he rejoices more over it than over the ninety-nine that did not stray. In just the same way, it is not the will of your heavenly Father that one of these little ones be lost. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. So, when we compare this this passage of, of Matthew about the 99 and the one sheep that goes astray, and you read Isaiah, you see that God wants he wants he wants to save all but of course he's not going to force you he's not going to force anyone to to take his salvation that they don't want to remember the thief on the cross one of the two thieves he practically rejected it and that's the thing a lot of people reject it a lot of people because they don't want to give up their will they don't believe you know a lot of people often ask like you know, why would God be so cruel? It's not that he's cruel. He's giving you your free will. He's not a God that's going to force love. Human beings have the obsession of forcing something. We want to force a perfect world. We want to force a perfect society. You know? You know, we want to force justice. We want to get rid of injustice. We want to bring... Um, sexual equality, uh, um, you know, gender equality, racial equality. But the fact remains is you're going to force it because that's human nature, right? When something doesn't work or someone says no, a lot of, a lot of uh, people get upset. A lot of people they don't realize it. This is man-made thinking. This is man-made ideology. This is this is this is this is what the devil wants. God's way is too holy. God's way is too perfect. God's way is just not natural, not human. Uh, God has to, you know. Uh, even when God does become human, it's still not good enough. Right? Not good enough. But he does. Love. He goes after that one sheep that goes astray so that he can come back because God does not will that any of these souls be lost, but he's not going to force it. He'll keep offering you his hand right to the moment that it's over. He cannot, he will not offer his, he offer you the hand anymore. You Time has ran out for you. And he will try to create his own perfect world. I mean, he will create his own perfect world. He will finally make that world come into 
fruitation, you know, into, into full fruit. But that's it. He's not going to offer you the hand anymore because at some point you made up your choice. That's the beauty of the gospel. And that's, that's the truth. All right, let's end it here. Um, let's say uh, the, the closing prayer. Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy, Christ have mercy, Christ have mercy, Christ have mercy, Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, now and forever. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.